Houston's Star of Hope mission brings you a moment of hope. Could you spare a little hope today? Star of Hope is one of the oldest and largest homeless providers in America, and we provide services to more than 1,400 homeless men, women, and children, not every year, but every single day. The homeless at our Men's Development Center downtown and our Women and Family Development Center at Star of Hope's Cornerstone Community account for about two-thirds of the 1,400 people that we serve in our facilities. We provide them with food and shelter and life-changing structured recovery programs, and the rest, about 500 homeless, are helped by a far-reaching Star of Hope program called Extended Services. Good morning, this is Scott Arthur, and Erica Wise, the senior director of the program, is back with us. And new to the podcast is Di Tubbs, manager of outreach services here at Star of Hope. And the reason I wanted to have these two with us today is because a few weeks ago, they put together a two-hour seminar. It was amazing. And we're going to get to that in just a second. But Erica, for those that just may be tuning in for the first time and hearing about extended services, can you tell us just very briefly, if that's possible because there's so much to it, what Extended Services does. Uh, Yes, Scott, thank you. Extended Services is a department where all of the programs and services that we offer extend out into the community beyond our shelter model. Um, They extend into neighborhoods, into apartment complexes, and into homes in the community. We have our street outreach which we have outreach case managers going underneath bridges and into encampments. Uh, We have our diversion where we have people call in who may be close to being evicted or being asked to leave their homes and we want to prevent that them from becoming homeless. Uh, And then we also have our services that we extend to those who are formerly homeless and we help them once they become housed to maintain that stable housing. Um, and that extends into several apartment complexes throughout the city. This is a f- not really a fairly new program, but this is, you know, back in 1907 when we started, we were just doing basic services. Absolutely. When did we kind of reach out and do extended services? When did that start? I think it technically started in 2011 when we started our New Haven program. Our New Haven program is a permanent supportive housing program for chronically homeless single individuals. Uh, taking them from homelessness to being housed. Um, At the time, I was the director of New Horizons, which is a long-term program, supportive program for the graduates of our transitional housing at the Women and Family Development Center and the Men's Development Center. As they graduate those programs, we were helping them as they enter their new homes again after being homeless Um, with some supportive services to make sure that they maintained that stability and didn't return to homelessness. Um, But then with the onset of New Haven, um, we started thinking about what would my title be? The director of New Haven and New Horizons and, and, and. Mm. Um, And so we started to think about it and we recognized that these programs extend into the community. So we developed the title director of extended services at that time. And then about two years later um, with the new CEO Hank Rush coming aboard he had a vision uh, to extend our services even further into satellite 
offices across the community, helping churches and ministries do what they do in their communities. And so we hired Die Tubs as the, at that time, outreach coordinator um, to begin to expand our services with Light of Hope festivals and other services to churches and ministries across the community. And she does outreach as well. She does now. And we're yes. talking about her like she's not in the room. Absolutely. So, yes. <laughs> so let's talk to Di. Di, you're just amazing. I've been a big fan of yours for years. Uh, Di is very introverted and shy. <laughs> not. And she's the perfect person for the perfect job. So tell me, what does outreach do? Well, the outreach department has many facets. There's our Glad Tidings program where we have the opportunity to share love and hope and smiles during the Christmas holiday season. Donors have an opportunity to give to families who are in need throughout the entire city of Houston and surrounding areas. There's also our Star Outreach program, which is serving those at risk. One of my favorite parts, because that's an opportunity where clients can call in to say, I need help with diapers. I need help with food. Can you help me? And so my team and I, we have the privilege to be able to share resources and support systems in place that can help that individual with food and clothing and furniture from the furniture bank. There's another program that's um, near and dear to my heart. Um, Many of us know and and have heard about the Love and Action Van, and that's a part of the outreach team as well. Um, There's a sobriety center for individuals who are in need of recovery and help and resources as it relates to detox and mental health issues. All these things are involved in outreach. I like to say it like this, Scott. We are the department where we reach out to help those who are in need. So for those of you who are listening, you're getting so much information. And and I think we all at this table know that we've been around for 112 years and everybody knows that Star of Hope helps the homeless, but they don't really know how and to what extent. And what we're talking about today is not necessarily work within our facilities, but outside the box, right. outside our facilities, people who are on the streets, people who are nearly homeless, people who are newly homeless and, and just don't know what to do or how to do it. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. That two-hour seminar you gave, uh, I, I get it probably five to ten calls a year from a church sometimes in the middle of the day, saying, listen, we've got this homeless person here, and, and they need some help, and we, we really don't know what to do. I mean, can you, can you give us some protocol? Or what do we do? Who do we call? How do we help this person? And we started to get so many calls and so many people within churches and ministries that did want to help the least of these that you guys put together a two-hour seminar, gathered as many church representatives as you could, and kind of gave them a lesson on what to do. So tell me a little bit about that seminar. It actually started in May. We had a a breakfast uh, for some of the churches that are uh, regularly involved with Star of Hope in some way, shape, or form, uh, donating, volunteering. um, And our development department did a breakfast. And at that breakfast, our um, outreach case manager, too, Ken Akins, gave his wonderful testimony Um, which if you haven't heard, hopefully we can have as part of a podcast um, soon about he and his brother and um, how that interaction uh, really led Ken to wanting to serve the homeless in a different way. And he does such a marvelous job with our Love in Action Van ministry. Um, But those churches at the end had so many questions for Di and Ken and I 
um, that we said, you know, we could probably do this for another two hours. Um, And so based on what came out of that and the interest from those churches that attended that breakfast, um, Di and I sat down and we put together some materials uh, that we thought would be engaging and help those that that um, encounter homeless in their church communities, in their congregations, and even in their neighborhoods um, to know how they might reach out, how they might help, how they might find services for those that are either in their congregations or in their communities who are homeless or near homeless. And so we worked with Wes Powell and Brenda Wentz Mm -hmm. in our development department to begin to put together a two-hour workshop um, to answer some of those questions that they might have and help them put tools in their toolbox to be able to reach out and answer that call when it comes to them. Okay, the call has come to you. I'm a church member, and I'm saying we have an organization. We want to help out. We want to reach out. We want to give the love and share. We want to help uh, heal these people but what do we do? I've got somebody knocking on my door. They said they need help. I'm not really sure how they need help or what or what number to call. Does that go to you, Di? Absolutely. Um, and one of the things that we tell our community partners is to ask key questions in regards to helping the family or the individual that may be knocking at the door and asking for the support. Because that's so important to help us to be able to help them especially if they're in real-time situation. The person is knocking at the door. They're sitting right there in their office. This homeless man just walked in and said, I need some help. Where can I go? What can I do? So then we begin to ask the question, how are you doing? Where did you sleep last night? Are you homeless? Is there a place that you can go and stay? Have you been to the Star of Hope? Have you heard of the Star of Hope? And once our community partner can begin to ask those questions, or we can help them ask those questions, then we're able to identify and to truly see how we can help this individual. Because they may need a Metro bus car to go down to our men's development shelter. Or they may need a food pantry because all they need is some food for that family that they have back at home, but yet there's no food in the pantry. So one of the key things that we expressed in the workshop was making sure you ask the key questions. Because when an individual walks in, they're already overwhelmed with so much emotions, and some of them are fearful, some of them are tired, some of them are just depressed and stressed, and they're like, you know what, I'm just going to walk into this church and see if there's any hope, if there's any help that can be provided. So always reaching out with that love and that support and reminding this individual, I'm here to help, and if I can't help you, then I know someone who can, and that's Star of Hope. So I've heard that information, and I'm looking for tools. Do you have a manual? Do you have sort of a resource book? I mean, where does it go from there? Di and her team have put together a resource book. Uh, It's been compiled from a lot of different areas. Um, There's a wonderful site called The Spot for Help uh, that was actually introduced um, by a former Star of Hope. Uh, staff member Sharon Epstein, um, Michelle Jones, who is our Extended Services Case Manager 3, did develop a resource tool. Um, it is ever-changing. I mean, sometimes in Houston, as soon as 
a new resource pops up, a week later it might be gone. And so these resource manuals have to be evergreen. We have to always keep following up and making sure that it's the most recent data. And so that's what Di and her team do. Um, They don't just randomly write down four or five resources and send somebody along their way and say, here you go, here's a list. Uh, They actually go alongside, they help them make these calls. Um, And if there's a resource that is defunct or no longer in service, they don't just say, well, sorry, they go to the next one with them and they find a new resource. Um, And that's what you know, I appreciate about Di and her team is their tenacity uh, to help somebody get the answer that they need. Um, and that's, I think, what the the churches um, that came saw in the staff that presented that workshop is that we are dedicated to what we do. We will go that extra mile. Um, and we want to make sure that the needs are met. And the needs are many, Scott. They are many. Um, and they may not all be met in the same meeting, Um, They may not all be met in a month, um, but those needs will be met. And it may not be by us, and that's okay. Star of Hope can't do everything. But there is a lot of resources. There are a lot of resources in Houston. And that resource book that Di and her team created is available electronically. um, And we've also got a beautiful um, bound copy as well that we gave to everybody who attended that workshop that day. A lot of people... Learned a lot of things at that uh, particular workshop. I happened to be there, and I was honored to just see all the people that were gaining the knowledge. And, boy, there were so many questions. And what I really liked was uh, at the end, you had sort of scenarios, almost role-playing. And it was like, uh, all right, what would you do here? And what would you do? And I want to do a couple of those things now. Certainly. You know? So, for instance, uh, if, if I'm uh, a church member or a ministry member and uh, I've got a guy coming in and he says he wants help, but he's doesn't look like he's playing with a full deck and there's a lot of mental illness out on the streets. How do you handle that? What do you do? What, what call do you make? Well, one of the things that they can do is make sure that the person is in a safe environment, a safe place, because you stated that this could be an individual who may have some mental health health issues. So I always say make sure the environment they're they're currently in is calm and peaceful. Um, Are you talking with this person outside or in your office? So as you begin to start the conversation and provide the help, they feel at peace, they feel they're safe, and you're safe. And then if there are no resources that you have in mind, and of course you can call the Star of Hope and we can begin to provide some resources in regards to various mental health agencies. And I'll let Erica speak to that more in detail. Um, But I know that we work with the Houston Police Department outreach team, and they have a team that specializes in this type of diversion situations when there's a situation that may be a little bit more challenging for a church individual to deal with. So I've always said, make sure that you have an environment that's safe for you and the individual. And if you feel like this is something that you can't handle alone, know that not only a Star of Hope is here for you, but we also have the Houston Police Department, the, what is the homeless outreach team that is able to provide the proper tools in place to be able to help a situation as such. Another scenario, um, a mom and three kids walk in and they're victims of domestic violence and they are just running they don't know what to do they come to a church what happens now 
Unfortunately, this happens more so around the holiday time when families are together, kids are out of school, the weather changes. Um, Seasonal affect disorder is a real thing. It just happens. Um, Domestic violence does tend to peak around holidays, and um, it is good that those families seek out the support of a church, a local church. Many times we will encourage families to go to a local church for help um, and to connect with a church because isn't that truly what Jesus Christ made the church to do was to support each other and be there for each other. Um, And so when that family comes to the church, um, again, those questions need to be asked. Is there a safe place for you to go? Um, A lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times someone can do what we call self-resolve and they can, through questions and and, um, getting the right information, uh, sometimes an individual can solve their own problem and so much better. Wouldn't that be so much better if we could all solve our own problems? Um, And if they're able to self-resolve, maybe they can think of a friend they can stay with or a parent or um, a sister a safe place to be in this case uh, for a domestic violence situation. Um, It may be that uh, she has family in another state and it may just be buying a bus ticket for her and those kiddos to get somewhere safe. It may be contacting one of our local domestic violence partners, uh, the Houston Area Women's Center or Fort Bend County Women's Center, um, or in a case where there is uh, imminent abuse even the Houston Police Department or the Sheriff's Department if that abuse is imminent. Um, But so many times um, in abuse situations, the the mother and children will flee when they have every right to stay in that home. Um, And there are legal action that can be taken to get a restraining order against that, that man. And he can leave the house and the mom and children can have a safe place to stay. Um, So there are all kinds of scenarios that could happen. But asking those integral questions is the first part. Um, And welcoming them into a safe space of a congregation um, is probably more to that mom and those kiddos than we could ever imagine or think. And just giving them a safe place to be. There are people who are listening to this and saying, this is great information, but I'm not a church, I'm not a ministry. What what happens if uh, they are approached downtown by a gentleman who wants help? And I, I don't mean money, but can you help me? I'm homeless, I don't know what to do. Would you suggest that an individual take these actions? I think Di has a testimony that just happened a day or two ago. Yes. Um there was a young lady who has volunteered with us for our Taking Hope to the Streets event. And she had an opportunity to see how our team would work when we would go out on the streets to show love, show hope, and provide hope bags. And just, um, what, almost a week ago, she was walking out of a grocery store and there was a homeless person asking for food. And she said, well, you want me to buy you something? Because I'm not going to give you any money. And he said, well, if you don't mind, that would be great. So she went back into the store, and she bought the individual some food, and and she said to him, um, if you don't mind, I would like to pray for you. Are you okay with that? And he was like, well, how old are you? And she was like, I'm 19. And he was like, you have so much compassion. And I really appreciate it. It's just warming my heart that I just, I'm crying here. And so she was able to give this gentleman 
some food, some hope, and a prayer. And she called our team back and she said, because of the Taking Hope to the Streets event and me being able to see how you all serve and give to the homeless allowed me to be able to support this individual in need, something I, I've never dreamed I would ever do. I usually just walk on by and keep going and ignore. But I showed compassion. I showed support. I showed hope. And she thanked us for, for what we do and also just changing her. It is all about hope. Mm-hmm. You are right. So are you going to do any more of these uh, seminars? Because I have a feeling they, after the two hours, I think there was a lot more questions. And, and I know that people were writing down notes saying, you know, we got to get this church involved and i got to call this person. Are you going to do it again? Uh, yes, uh, absolutely. We have planned at least two times uh, in the year 2020. Um, we were thinking about maybe three times. Uh, it just really depends on the scheduling of other activities and events next year. Um, we got a lot of positive feedback from surveys that we sent out after the seminar. Uh, 100% of those that attended said they would recommend it to a friend. Um, and then we got some really great feedback in that um, one of the only uh, negative things was that they felt it was too short. Mm. Uh, so we will probably extend it to um, possibly a two and a half hour or a three hour event. And we um, had a wonderful host church. Uh, Christ the King Presbyterian hosted us that morning. It was a wonderful centralized location for everyone to get to. Uh, it was a beautiful room that we met in. Um, and uh We've had other churches offer to host it as well. And so we're very anxious to um, look at what's next for these uh, workshops. Uh, We've even met with a former uh, Star of Hope employee who is a pastor of a local church in the Fifth Ward uh, and asked him if he would um, talk to some of the more urban churches um, to see if they would have an interest in this. And he thinks that he has... Uh, 10 or 15 pastors on his call list that would love to be a part of something like this as well. So we see doing this in uh, several areas of town uh, next year. Yes. Erica Wise and Die Tubbs, thank you for giving us your time and sharing this great information with us today. And if you're a ministry or a church and would like to host or attend the next Outreach Information Seminar, or you'd like to receive an electronic copy of the Social Services resource book that's been put together by Star of Hope, contact Die Tubbs at 713-205-0152. Or if you know somebody who is homeless or at risk of being homeless and not sure what to do, call Die Tubbs. Talk to her personally at 713-205-0152 and you'll be in good hands. Well, that's it for now. Until next time, keep a soul full of joy and a heart filled with hope. A Moment of Hope is produced and presented by the Star of Hope Mission, ending homelessness one life, one family at a time by providing services to more than 1,000 homeless men, women, and children each day in Houston. Could you spare a little hope today? For more information or to donate to the Star of Hope Mission, please visit sohmission.org.